Hello and welcome to this week's episode of From the Gravel Trap podcast. I'm Josh Chambers. And I'm James Hanley. And on today's episode, we're going to be looking back at doing a little review from the Navarra races in the World Superbikes. A um, little look into the news that's cropped up over this last week and then our predictions for the British Grand Prix. Yes, what an exciting uh, week for us for the build-up to the British Grand Prix. So many amazing memories um, even going back to when it used to be held at Donington Park. Uh, but the last time we were at Silverstone, um, what an exciting one for Alex Rins. But we'll talk about that one yeah. <laughs> uh, a little bit later on. We'll look at um, the Spanish round of the World Superbikes, another Spanish round, but an all-new circuit this time out when they uh, went to Navarra, back-to-back new circuits. Yes, and again, very interesting track completely different to the normal we we get in the day to, in our usual grand prix circuit schedule yeah very very different to most uh, the weekend before as well whereas that seemed to bunch uh, groups of riders together navara the way it was set out with sort of those hairpin bends uh, mm-hmm. sort of splitting groups of riders apart as the races went on yeah it was just it was a just a gradual like you said pulling apart of the field it did make some interesting races because for those that stayed together, like the front three, which was the front three throughout the entire weekend, the Reading Ray, Top Rack. Yes, trio. someone did very well in uh, picking <laughs> them to be on all the podiums over the weekend. <laughs> and, uh, um, I, I'm disappointed I picked Locatelli now. <laughs> yeah, well, he did have a good re- weekend he did. Uh, overall. He did. It, solid, it looked solid like weekend. sort of coming out of uh, a free practice that... Um, it was going to be uh, sort of as I had expected uh, sort of a Yamaha heavy round almost uh, there'd been some great times by Locatelli uh, in FB3 and uh, Top Rack uh, was fourth um, but the grid it got, it got to the point where Top Rack was actually following Locatelli around yeah yeah it did and, and the grid actually topped by Johnny Ray uh, yeah, a qualif- qualifying spectacular. Scott. Yeah, and but followed by Scott Redding, but then the BMW of Tom Sykes was third on the grid. Big shock! Didn't expect to see the BMW up there so high. It, they, they're showing they really are developing a really good bike. Yes, well, perhaps a little bit of extra motivation uh, for this round, as uh, he found out just before getting there that actually he's lost his ride and next year will be replaced at BMW by Scott Redding. Very shocking. I I know there was talk of it, obviously, as there always is in the rumour mill, but it's something that I, I just didn't see happening. And I do, I do feel sorry for Tom Sykes because he, he's performed really well. He's really done well to develop this BMW over the last few years. And he's been outperforming Vandermark this season. Yeah, he's ahead of him in championship. He's uh, been ahead of him in positions um, the majority of the races. And he's qualified him. He has, yeah. Um, So there are rumours that, well, we talk about the rumour mill. Well, one thing confirmed uh, later on uh, from the weekend, earlier on this week, that the vacated spot at Ducati by Scott Redding has already been filled as well. Yes, and it's a returning figure into the Ducati lineup. 
Yes, Alvaro Bautista uh, returning, leaving Honda after his big money contract there and, let's be honest, two pretty dismal seasons. Um, Heading back to the team where he's had his most World Superbike success in in Ducati. Definitely. And like they were saying in the commentary, Ducati just needed to... The issue is they need to win, obviously now. And out of the people in the field, there's only one person that's proven they can do it on that bike. Yeah, yeah, which is Bautista. And um, the the point that uh, James Tozen did bring up on the Eurosport commentary, which I found so shocking, that Ducati haven't won the World Superbike Championship for 10 years. (laughs) Yeah. It's 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 just been a lot of Kawasaki domination with a bit of Aprilia thrown in there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's um, unbelievable, really, when it was their sort of baby to start with. Yeah. and sort of with Bautista then moving off the Honda and the rumours of Leon Haslam going back to British Superbikes, um, the rumour mill is that Tom Sykes, out of a ride at BMW, uh, may be taking over that Honda ride. I think that would suit him down to a T because he's so good at developing a bike and that's what Honda need right now. And I thought he did a great interview. I think it was shown before the sprint race where they were talking to him about, obviously, future rides and potentially Honda, and he gave himself a little sales pitch. I found it quite good. Yeah, yeah. And it's um, it, it could be uh, a very interesting team at Honda uh, because he may be joined. The rumour and innuendo uh, is that he may be joined by Chaz Davies. Yeah, I think that would be a really, really good lineup. For the for the factory Honda team, because I presume that'll be with um, oh, I've completely forgot his name. I've gone black. There we go, Bassani. I presume he'll be going up to the Go Eleven. Well, you say that. However, there's talk of Eugene Laverty going there, but also there's talk of Eugene Laverty taking over from Jonas Folger. Oh, so they're hundred percent keeping Ronaldo next year. Is, is... I mean, I haven't seen it written down, so I wouldn't like to say. <laughs> uh, yes, so through all the craziness, uh, off-track uh, things, we'll move on to some of the craziness that was on track. Uh, starting with race one, as we said, a pole position for Johnny Ray, followed by Scott Redding and the BMW of Tom Sykes. Um, Started off with a really great launch for the uh, the Red Rocket, the Ducati off the line, though, uh, and a very aggressive Johnny Ray going with him. Yeah, definitely. I think Johnny Ray knew he needed to get in front and stay in front of Scott to have the best chance of winning because once, once Scott gets out in front, especially on a track where there's a lot of stop-start stuff, because it, it did did appear to be a relatively difficult overtaking track, so track position was key, especially if you were further down in the pack to start off with. If you got separated from that bunch, like we said, when it like seems like telesc- it telescopic effect or something, and it just yeah, it yeah. was so it back through the pack. Yeah, and it was the aggression shown by Johnny Ray, who did struggle again, as we saw at Most and we've seen earlier in the year, with the front end of that Kawasaki. Yeah, he's throughout the weekend, he must have saved it about four or five times. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, some riders that didn't uh, manage to save their bikes uh, with 20 laps ago, uh, Christoph Ponson and Tati Mercado crashing out of the race. Um, quite a big one there between the two of them. Yeah, I think it was, was it Mercado took the front into the back of Ponson? It was, yeah. And also we lost uh, Luca Mahias on that. Uh, the lap after, I think it yep. was, coming back with that injured wrist, but unfortunately dropping the bike. Yeah, it was always going to be a tough weekend for Myers. But then, and then a, again, a couple of laps after that, you had Davies and Bautista go down. Yes, in uh, separate incidents, but uh, on the uh, on the same lap, uh, Davis uh, at the end of the back straight, which was incredibly quick. Yeah. It's a, there are some frighteningly quick corners at that track, like the first one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it it was on the lap, uh, it might have been the same lap, actually, that we saw top, uh, Tom Redding, Scott Redding, uh, <laughs> take the lead of the race and really pull away on that Ducati. He, you know, there seems to be, um, since Most, a, a real change in confidence for Scott. Yeah, it, it, a lot of it's obviously... I think come down to the less thinking about the deal he's got that done. He's he's now engaged. I think both of those were really playing on his mind. But yeah, now and both he's got of, a... both of them are done. He's he's riding like a free man. Yeah, I mean he's won. He's won. He's got his deal for next year. He's you know he's engaged, um, and you know fingers crossed, no issues there <laughs> going forward. Uh, so you know he's uh, a clear head. Is a fast rider. And he showed it. Um, little spoiler, obviously, going ahead to the the races coming up. Well, obviously, it already happened, but like he's not finished lower than is it second in the last six races? Yeah, absolutely uh, excellent to see that power. As we say, he got past Johnny Ray, um, and uh, he started to pull away, and. Then Johnny, it was whether he could keep ahead of his championship rival this year in top rack, uh, Razgatioglu, who was almost gifted uh, his third place by his teammate running very, very wide, uh, Andrea Locatelli. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, ma- I imagine it. They were both of the Yamahas looked like they struggled in the first couple of races, and I feel like Locatelli was maybe on the limit to keep up with the top three. Well, obviously he was third at the time, but to keep up with that group and slight mistake and then just gradually dropped off the back. He did, yeah, and dropped back uh, towards the other factory Kawasaki of uh, Alex Lowe's. And not so much in this one, but those two had quite a lively weekend together. Alex Lowe's had quite a lively weekend with quite a few people, actually. <laughs> um, certainly did. So, as we say, Scott Redding did get away at the front and get the win uh, in this one by two and a half seconds over Johnny Ray as a field apart because we had two and a half seconds between Scott Redding and Johnny Ray. Uh, top rack uh, was uh, three seconds behind Johnny Ray, three seconds ahead of Andrea Locatelli starting off his good weekend uh, with fourth. As we said, Alex Lowe's fifth. Uh, Tom Sykes uh, coming in sixth and beating his teammate once again. Uh, his younger teammate, Michael van der Mark. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Axel Bassani, the next best Ducati in eighth. Um, and and uh, the top independent bike once again. He's had a good year so far. 
very good, very good for the the young rider showing that he finished ahead of Garrett Gerloff. Uh, bad qualifying, bad qualifying uh, for Garrett Gerloff, but also just still very tentative to make any very, moves on people. Very timid. It, 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 I think it's gonna. He just needs to get his mojo back. Very much so. Uh, he did come in ahead of Michael Ruben Rinaldi on the other factory Ducati, who, again, not showing what was expected. It's been a very poor campaign so far from Michael Ruben Rinaldi. Yeah, and you've got to believe that the, the eyes are going to be on him. It doesn't look like, or well, we say this, nothing has been confirmed about him not staying there uh, or staying there at the moment this year. So maybe they are biding their time to see if anybody else may become available potentially because like we said out of the riders who would become available who would you replace him with i don't know maybe you could take a punt on basani but you, you just, is there a difference between at the moment you surely you'd want a basani just to go up to the next level of ducati feeder team to see if he can build on his experience and then like a bit like ronaldo did a couple yeah. years in the satellite-based teams before moving up. Yeah, and it, you know he's getting those good results. And if they put more factory support his way on a on a satellite machine and really see what he can do, um, good good to see how he develops. Potentially, well, you never know. He could Talk be on the Patronus bike. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody could be on the Patronus bike. <laughs> Uh, talking of um, former MotoGP riders and also satellite Ducati riders, did you see the swing arm of uh, Tito Rabat's Ducati? Yes, some interesting welding work going on there. Very, <laughs> very strange. A homemade swing arm on the back of that bike that actually looked like it had come out of a Meccano set. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the factory boys will be too pleased with that. No, well, as uh, as JT said on the Eurosport commentary, uh, you are effectively saying that what the factory is producing is not good enough. Pretty much, yeah. And I mean, for a a move into World Superbikes, Tito has had an awful year as well. Yeah, it, it's quite a few have struggled going from GP to World Superbikes. Yeah, exactly. He didn't. Uh, he didn't finish the first race. Um, and his luck didn't continue into Sunday as he didn't finish uh, the Super Bowl race either. Uh, we'll have a look into that one. Well, as, as always is with a Super Bowl race, it's very key to get a good start. And I thought there were two notable starts for me. First of all, obviously, top rack going from, what was it, eighth to third in the first two corners yeah, or something? Super, super aggressive off the start from top rack. And also, Cotonazani. Up eight positions on the first lap. Yeah, a, a great start. Um, not doing so well as the race race went on, but uh, definitely a good start for him. Yeah, it was a much better showing from the from him the entire weekend. You saw, obviously, it's hard to judge how they're doing from time to time. But I felt like this weekend he got a lot more TV time than normal, which well, which I, does yeah. show him being in the higher positions. Yeah, I felt like he started to find his feet a bit recently because obviously coming over uh, from Japan and 
you know, from that Japanese championship, a bit of a culture shock, I'm sure, going yeah. to, you know, a lot of European rounds and, you know, not going out into that part of the world at the moment with, with COVID and everything else. Uh, but we didn't mention him. He was just outside the top 10 in race one with an 11th place finish. Yeah, he had, he had a good weekend. Yeah, very good. Uh, showing for him uh, in the this race and the first race uh, in particular. Yeah, but looking uh, back up towards the like the front of the field, the the first two laps were absolutely mental. Yes, yeah, Johnny Ray and Scott Redding really, really battling it out, and contact between Johnny Ray and Top Rack as well. Yeah, it was very a lot of scrapping for positions, and it made for some really great viewing for those first couple races, races couple laps, and then it did yeah, just settle down a little after that. It's like you said, I think it was uh, really important to try and get track position early on. Um, and that was where we saw the the battling, the, the contact between Top Rack and Johnny Ray allowing Scott Redding uh, to get out through into the lead again, but not pulling away as much in this one. Obviously no, a fourth the... race, but still really not letting mm. go. tyre worked really well for him, I thought, in this race. It benefited for use. The only one out to the front two to put on that soft rear. It really worked out good. Yeah, that's something that he'd complained earlier in the year would not work for him for Scott. Yeah, and he tried it in both this and the next race as well, which was the big shot for me, him using it in the long distance. Yeah, I was very surprised by that. Um, we, we sort of saw um, a lot of quality coming through the field. Uh, in this one, this is one where we saw a real sort of battle between uh, Andrea Locatelli and Alex Lowe's a bit further down the field as well. Yeah, just it was a, it was a great little sprint race. It was, yeah, really, really good. Scott Renning, um did get away uh, with this one and uh, did get away from Johnny Ray, but only to the tune of about uh, just over half a second, I think it was, over the line. But Top Rack really dropping off in this one. Um, two seconds behind Johnny Ray. Yeah, just... the Yamahas seem to struggle a little bit in the cooler temperatures because the second race was super hot. hot, And that's where he seemed really good, and that's where they were quickest in the practice sessions. Yeah, it looked like really high. The top rack might have absolutely blown them out of the water uh, if you looked at testing and everything else going forward, but just didn't materialise, certainly earlier on in the weekend at least. No, but it certainly did in race two. Yeah, very much so. Just uh, going through the, the sprint race results, we said Andrea Locatelli again, another great finish, uh, fourth place. He's really sort of come through from the bottom of that top 10 to consistently sort of fourth place, hasn't he? But he, yeah. he he's growing in stature to take those next steps towards that top three. He's just showing he's what a class act he is. Uh, he came in, as we said, ahead of Alex Lowe's. Um, someone I would have expected to sort of be further up towards those top three. Yeah, again, another week where Alex is in the second group from the main three. Yeah, and, you know, we said he's got, he signed, is it another two-year deal? Or it's a multi-year yeah. deal, isn't it? Yeah, I think Kawasaki. it's two. So, we'll see what happens there. Uh, he came in ahead of Tom Sykes, uh, a top BMW once again. Tom Sykes <laughs> really starting to hammer home the point there. <laughs> um, I do I do like Tom. 
Yeah, very much so. And he came in uh, ahead of the Go 11 Ducati of Chaz Davis. Uh, all important, him getting into that top seven for grid positions going forward. Yes, but unfortunately, he didn't make the most of it, did he? <laughs> he certainly did not. <laughs> um, he came in ahead of Michael van der Mark on the BMW. Garrett Gerloff finishing ninth again in this one. And this really, this highlighted to me the not wanting to pull the trigger on passes when Michael van der Mark, he'd caught him up and Michael van der Mark running wide in the, the last lap and yes. Gerloff basically letting him back through. Yeah, he was up the inside of him, virtually had the move done and then just kind of quitted on it. Out of, it appeared just, like you said, just didn't want to do anything that could cause him to have a penalty or to his name to be bit dragged through the mud a little maybe in terms of knocking people off it just seemed bizarre to me like how much longer can this go on obviously he had those few incidents at the beginning of the year but surely if you are the bosses at uh, the GRT Yamaha team you you can't let this go on no because that's the thing that makes him such a good rider is he's he can make moves other people can't because he's willing to maybe flirt with the the line a bit more than others. Yeah, and it's 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 sad to see because you 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 can tell when they talk to him about it, he's not happy at the moment. No, um, but he needs to, I feel, to move forward to start putting himself out there, making these moves, and showing that he can do it safely and feel he can do that himself. Yeah. Because I know he, I know deep down he can, and I think he obviously does too. But it's just when you're in the heat of the moment, it's I, I, I don't know. You could just be letting it cool for a few races, and then I don't know. Well, he needs to start kicking it up into gear now, in my opinion. Certainly. Uh, we'll move on to race two, as we said. Uh, lots we've sort of. Uh... <laughs> gone on to in this one. Oh, I would say the, the last of the, the top 10 uh, was Alvaro Bautista on that under in the sprint race, followed by Cote and Azaini again in 11th. Um, but moving on to race two, uh, Nozani not uh, getting the best of starts, uh, having to delay the start because he'd stalled on the grid. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> ideal. And then then Am I thinking of the right race? Did he pull onto the back of the grid? So it was Mahias then. Mahias, that was it. It was who the, then yeah, on the, the delay the second wasn't it? start, stalled on the delay of the the second start, went round, but overtook the pace car and joined yeah. the back of the grid when he should have gone down pit lane. He did receive a double long lap penalty for that in the race to add to the woes of the damaged wrist. Yeah, it was a it was going to be a long weekend anyway for Mahias, which got made. Even longer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and not the only Kawasaki to have a difficult start in this one. Johnny Ray dropping about five places off the line in this one. Yeah, terrible, terrible launch. You just got absorbed by the field. And not what you want on this track, but he did battle his way through quite quickly. He did, yeah. Not one to hang around, uh, Johnny Ray. Benefiting from some very aggressive battling once again between Andrea Locatelli and Alex Lowe's. <laughs> yeah, those two are really battling for that. Basically, you've got the 
battling for the second riders of the factory teams, if that makes sense, because you got the big three, the, the triple R's, <laughs> and then you got Lowe's, Locatelli, and Rinaldi. Exactly. And it's, uh, they're trying to catch up to what what they used to call uh, Julian Ryder did on the, the old MotoGP commentary team, the aliens of the, the class <laughs> in this one. Up yeah, and yeah. far away. Uh, talking of the woes of Garrett Gerloff, uh, really, really difficult in this one. Yeah, him and Chaz going down lap one. I think I'm not sure about you, but I'm certainly on the commentary and me personally, I was all, we were all thinking, "Oh no, please not let this be Gerloff knocking off Davis." But no, no it was no, a a role reversal. Yes, ho- hopefully was. we'll knock him into gear because some, now someone's done it to him. He's like, "Well, I'm not the only one." If you get what I mean. Yeah, exactly. And it was Chaz Davis losing the front on the Go 11 Ducati and taking down Garrett Gerloff. And, uh, you know, as we said, it's um, role reversal. And hopefully, like you said, everyone does it from time to time. Yeah, exactly. Then again, Mercado for the both of the long races, he went out on lap 20. Yeah, he went down and rejoined. Not lap 20, with 20 to go. Yes, yeah, that's right. Uh, went down and rejoined uh, did Tati Mercado. Uh, did actually finish the race in a point-scoring position as well at the end. Good recovery. Yeah. Um, talking of uh, the the aggressive nature of Alex Lowe's early on at battling with Andrea Locatelli, he did sort of drop backwards, but then started battling uh, with another, would we call him the second rider of a factory team, Michael van der Mark? Ooh, I think we shall. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe well, it's, the, not, uh... it's not this season. I think he may be next season. <laughs> well, I mean, we'd hope so for Scott's sake. Wrestling <laughs> yeah. together yep. and not giving each other an inch. I really enjoyed watching the battle between those two. Um, Alex Lowe's really running uh, Michael Vandermark out to the edge of the track because he just wouldn't give in. Yeah, run him just off the edge. And it... what what I did like about this track is that it. Even though it was tough to overtake, it did provide series of corners where you could battle and the next one led into the next, if you get what I mean. Yes, and we really sort of saw that put into effect up at the front of the field where Top Rack had uh, sort of got away at the front, getting uh, away from Scott Redding. As we said, Jonathan Ray had battled his his way up to to second place after... um, five places and sort of he was I wouldn't say he was putting too much pressure on top rack early on no but top rack was setting such a good pace and Ray was really struggling to keep that pace up for multiple moments with the front tyre yeah, exactly. There were several in this race. Um, the, we said about Scott Redding being on the softer uh, uh, rear tyre, and with sort of 14 laps to go, he really started to drop off, and I thought, oh, is that tyre gone? Is he dropping out of this contention for, you know, battling for the higher podium places? But then when you got to sort of three laps later with 11 laps to go, it seemed to come back to him, and he really started to catch up again. Yeah, it's like the, like I think Dozen said in the commentary, the the Ducati seems to work in very small windows with regards to weight with the fuel and tire degradation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, it, whereas his seemed to come to him, Johnny raised uh, front tire 
went away from him completely with sort of six laps to go. Yeah, and then he had that moment there and then four laps to go, corner with three to go, tucks the front, saves it, but it gives Scott the opportunity to carry the momentum round the outside of the penultimate corner. Yeah, and absolutely uh, crazy. We can't understate that it was round the outside of Johnny Ray. <laughs> he literally rode round him. Yeah, it was it was a big loss of momentum though from Johnny Ray, and Scott had closed up to him because of that other save he had to do a couple of laps before that. And then from there, Scott, I thought, couple more, if he had a couple more laps, he may have even caught Toprak. Yeah, he did put in some really good pace, but not quite enough uh, to bring that one home for another triple Ducati win it would have been this weekend. Uh, Toprak did get the win. He was uh, 1.1 seconds ahead of Scott Redding over the line, um, who was in turn uh, two and a half seconds ahead of Johnny Ray in the end. Uh, Johnny, as you said, uh, really, he said afterwards, pushed to the limit of what he could do with that tyre going off. And the Kawasaki, you know, uh, we're sort of seeing the chink in the armour for the first time here with that front end. Yeah, um... It's very un-Kawasaki-like, and it's struggling a bit straight line speed by the looks of it. Down on horsepower uh, a little bit, certainly on the Ducati, but what's new uh, there? (laughs) Uh, Fourth place, once again, a good weekend, as we said. Andrea Locatelli, three fourth places, definitely boosting his championship. Yep, it's very, very, very solid weekend from Andrea Locatelli. The top BMW once again off Tom Sykes, another good fifth place. Um, uh, a BMW thinking they've made the right choice in rider, but I guess they paid all that money for Michael Vandermark. Yeah. That I don't think they had much gonna... choice in terms of who they were going to get rid of. No, no, they've got to keep him there. But BMW uh, probably looking at Michael Vandermark and wondering, is it just his first year on the bike or is it what are we going to do after this? Yeah. Uh, Sixth place, Alex Lowe's on that Kawasaki. He came in uh, ahead of Michael Ruben Rinaldi. A better race for him, but still never really mentioned throughout the weekend. No, it was uh, poor. And he, he really does need to find something and find it quick. He does, he does. As soon as we uh, won't be heading back to Italy for the remainder of the championship. Uh, he came in ahead of Alvaro Bautista on the one remaining Honda after Leon Haslam crashing out of this one. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it looked Haslam looked very down. I've never. I don't think I've ever seen a rider who's crashed who's still walking through the gravel who's got his helmet in his hands. Yeah, just very dejected, and it seems yeah. they've turned that Honda inside out and to no avail. Yeah, it's. It's not, it's not a place you'd want to be. No, not at all. Uh, he did, however, manage to come in. Uh, Alvaro Bautista, this is, ahead of the uh, BMW of Michael van der Mark. And 10th place, uh, another good finish for Axel Bassani on the Ducati. Yes, it was a good, good week's racing. Very much so. And talk about a tight championship. Um, as we come to the end of that round, it is actually tied on the points now uh, as it, between Jonathan Ray and top track Razgatioglu, thanks to Scott Redding getting the better of Johnny Ray. Um, we'd said perhaps the best World Superbike Championship we've seen in a long, long time. I think this really confirms it. 
Oh yeah, hundred percent. And the fact that Scott's own only what like forty points back as well. Yeah, yeah, he's uh so it's three hundred and eleven tied for Jonathan Ray and Toprak and Scott Redding uh two hundred and seventy three, but really boosting him in to that championship contention uh with those uh two wins and that second place this weekend. Yep, and then from there you've got the battle from fourth, which basically goes all the way down to Margot Vandermark in ninth. Yes, yeah. So you've got uh, Alex Lowe's on 169, Andrea Locatelli 151, Rinaldi uh, 150. Talk about the, we said about the uh, three other factory <laughs> riders of those manufacturers so close together. Uh, Tom Sykes seventh on 146, Gerloff, um, we need some recovery from him, but 135 points, Vandermark ninth. 131 and 10th Chaz Davis but on, only on 92 there with several non-finishes to his name this year so far yes so the, the championship is tied and last weekend we had a tied prediction we did this weekend we did. I'll give you a spoiler it wasn't tied so there is there is a there is a winner this week right okay uh, I have a feeling that you've probably done this one because uh, I went very Yamaha heavy, which didn't particularly come through. So, race one, I went Ray Toprak Redding. I got one point for each. So, I got them all on the podium, but all in the wrong positions. That's three points in race one. You had Toprak for the win. That got you the one point. But you did have Johnny Ray coming in second, which gave you two points. But you had Gerloff third. So, Tied at 3-3 after the first race. Going into the sprint race, I I went for Super Bowl, Jonathan Ray, followed by Scott Redding, followed by Toprak. I got Toprak in the correct position, so I got two points there. But then I got Ray and Redding the wrong way around. So that got me four, which took me up to seven. You see where you went all Yamaha, so you had Toprak for the win, Locatelli second, Gerloff third. Unfortunately, you only got the one point there, taking you up to four. So that's seven four after the sprint race. Then in race two, I went Ray Toprak Locatelli. So that's where I went a bit more Yamahari. Didn't kind of work off. I only got the two points there the one for Ray, one for Toprak. That put me up to nine. Um, and you, you had your podium as Ray Toprak and then Redding. Same as me in the first race. All three on the podium, but all three in the wrong positions. So three points added on. So ended up. Nine seven to myself. Oh, very close once again. Uh, but my, um, I'm gonna blame Ducati for having a separate test on this one, didn't let me uh, <laughs> add them into that one. Uh, and but an absolutely brilliant for Scott Redding, so that makes it uh, 11 5 now with two draws. Yes. Uh, it, as we said earlier, we are going in to the British uh, round of uh, Silverstone for the MotoGP this weekend. And I'm really excited about this one. Uh, but some news uh, from the MotoGP paddock before we go uh, into our predictions for this one. Um, we'll start with Maverick Vinales, shall we? Yes. So Maverick Vinales, he has had his contract terminated by Yamaha, which has left him free to be testing with his now 2022 team Aprilia in the coming weeks. Yeah, officially now signed to Aprilia and will be doing a test uh, at Mazzano in uh, a few weeks' time. 
yes, I've, hopefully we get some times out. But as with the Dovi tests, I presume we don't. <laughs> yeah, we're very playing their cards very close to their chest there down at Aprilia. Uh, his absence allows us to have a double British lineup. Uh, within the four factory Yamaha, uh, sorry, four Yamaha machines on the grid. Cal Crutchlow moving up from replacing uh, the missing still Frankie Morbidelli um, to take over Maverick's seat on the factory Yamaha. Um, and Jake Dixon coming up from his Petronas Moto2 seat to stand in for Frankie Morbidelli on the MotoGP bike this weekend. Yeah, massive opportunity for Jake and Certainly something to tell the grandkids about being Valentino Rossi's teammate in his final ever season for a race. Yes, and uh, could it be a sign of things to come for next year? Uh, Will either of them feature in your predictions this week, I wonder? I'm going to keep my um, cards close to my chest for the time being. (laughs) Well, we will move on to our... uh, our predictions for the Silverstone Grand Prix. But rather than start with MotoGP, we'll start with the Moto3. Who are you going for this weekend, James? So, Moto3. Um, To be fair, all of my predictions are a bit surprising, I'd like to think, throughout the... I've I've gone a bit more out there than I normally do, so it's a bit risky. So, winning Moto3... I'm not, I'm not, oh, this is where, I, it's not a Costa. <laughs> That'd have been okay. very climatic. It's Tatsuki Suzuki. Oh, that's a very interesting one. Last time we were here in 2019, he finished fifth, but a fairly quiet year for uh, for Callahan this year. Yeah, it's been, but I feel like he can, he's, he can find something. So I've gone Tatsuki Suzuki for the win, and then followed by his compatriot, Ayumi Sasaki. Oh, okay. We have seen Ayumu since his return from injury, putting in uh, some quick times and good results throughout the year and sort of building in stature up to that injury as well. That's a good call. And then rounding off the podium, the title challenger, Sergio Garcia. Oh, okay. So Sergio uh, coming and having a very good weekend there after only finishing 19th there in 2019, but a very, very different uh, setup of things this year. Certainly. So what about yourself? What's your motto? So I've gone less sort of out there. Uh, I've had a look back at sort of 2019, but of course there's uh, a very, very different things going on uh, in the championship now. I have gone uh, someone I think who's quick, someone who had a uh, a good weekend. So uh, it, uh, I, I'm to in and throwing on on these a little bit, but I think Jaume Messier should be due a good result, and the KTM is very good. So I'm going Jaume Messier for the win. Oh, okay. What about your second and third? So second place. Uh, I am going to go for Darren Binder having a better ride in this one. And, uh, you know, we we like Darren. We know he's got some good pace. Um, and, oh, wait, is he going up to Moto2 this weekend? Uh, no, he's not. It's not, not that uh, I've Jake, seen. He's, he's going up to by someone else. Yeah, he's been replaced by, um, uh, I think it's a Indonesian rider. Yes, uh, because there was talk of um, Darren Binder moving up there, wasn't mm. there? 
No, I think Darren Binder's, isn't he, for... I know it's not official, but there's talk for the Masana racing being on the GP bike. Yes. So I am going to go down Binder, second place. Okay, so you've gone KTM, uh, you've gone Honda. Are we going to have a third manufacturer? Well, I am going to throw one out there and go Romano Fanati. I thought you were going to pick point. I said a feeling. On a pretty good uh, run of results recently as Romano Fanati and sitting there third in the championship, um, I'm not going to write him off. I think it's uh, we're going to we're going to see a podium. His return to the podium again after having a week off, finishing fifth in that second Austrian race. Mm. So technically, three different manufacturers. Yeah, technically, <laughs> with him um, being did, on the Husqvarna. Did I, did I go three as well? Is Suzuki on the Honda? Uh, Suzuki, yes, he's on the Honda. Oh, yes, so I've gone Honda KTM Gas Gas. Ah, well, there you go. So, technically, three different manufacturers and six different people on the podium for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some big swings. a really interesting one for, for our predictions. Uh, it's Adam Norridan who's stepping That's in, it, Adam Norridan. Uh, in place of Jake Dixon this weekend. And talking to the Moto 2. Uh, is Adam going to feature in your uh, predictions for this one? He is not. I've gone for a back-to-back win from Ralph Fernandes. Oh, so building on that success of the second Austria Grand Prix. Yes, and then he's going to be followed by someone who's done well, coming back from the break. And he did well back in the year 2019. I've gone Augusto Fernandes. Yeah, again, someone who's sort of finding his form. And he did actually win the race there uh, when we were, last came to Silverstone in 2019. Yes, yeah, so I've gone for a Fernandez 1-2, followed by... <laughs> no relation. <laughs> no relation. As, um, followed by Remy Gardner. Remy Gardner, only third. Very only interesting third. there. He, I feel like he's having a little bit of a wobble at the moment. Well, I think it was only the... the uh... The one race. He he uh, did have a good race here two years ago on the, the Calyx bike, and he finished fourth here. Yeah, yeah last, last, last two weeks, either was it fourth and the seventh? Uh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I don't think we can we can write Remy off. I would say... Oh, I'm, I'm still going to on the podium. Reason. I'm not quite, not quite coming down for a <laughs> yeah. seventh. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm uh, showing... Have you written him off? A little bit here, because no, I'm not writing him off at all. I've gone Remy for the win. Oh, I like it. Um, I think he's going to have a bounce back weekend here, and he's going to go away uh, with a British Grand Prix win. He's going to be followed. We have the same second place, Augusto Fernandez. Oh, I like it. Uh, he, for the same reasons? Yeah, he's, he's uh, coming on. And, um, you know, he obviously, as I said, he won there in 2019. It's obviously a track that he gets on with. And I think on the bike he's on now and the form he's finding within that team, I think he's going to carry that momentum on. And I think we could see some good results from him for the rest of the year. I agree. Who have you got rounding third, off the podium? Third place. I have to have a Brit on the podium. It's going to be the teammate. It's going to be Sam Lowe's. Oh, so is he going to be your only for the three classes? Well, uh, I'll have to leave you in suspense of that one. Uh, who? <laughs> what about you for the Premier Class? Have you got any Brits on your Premier Class podium? I do not. I was tempted to put Cal on it, but 
I mean, I think oh. his result. I think Cal's results are going to be better switching from the worst bike on the grid to the best bike on the grid. Yeah, it's just. I'd like to think that'd help, but I just don't feel like he's got podium pace in him. No, perhaps not. Um, as we but, said, it's only his third race back in yeah. in a year. The person who I think's got race winning pace is Fabio Quattararo. Okay, yeah, the he's someone who um, does like Silverstone. He has said that he had good pace last time we were here, qualifying fourth on the Petronas bike. But then that, uh, that terrible, <laughs> yes, accident uh, with Andrea De Vizioso, which basically uh, ended the championship chase of Dovi that year. Yes, and I, I don't think it's going to be a runaway win. I think he's going to be battling with the person I've got second. It's going to be a great race. It's going to be Johan Mir coming second. Oh, his first ever trip to Silverstone this weekend for Johan Mir. I, I feel I feel good for him. Well, he's. We said the Suzuki with those new parts looked much much stronger in Austria, and we know he's missed the consistency. So, you know, as a world champion, should a brand new track uh, be a, a big hurdle for him? Nah, I think he'll be all right. And he, he's steadily charging <laughs> up this championship. Yeah, I I just love the uh, the nonchalant answer there. <laughs> nah, he'll be fine. Nah, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> and third place, someone who's who's struggled a bit these last few weekends, but going to find a bit of form, Miguel Oliveira. So coming back from a very difficult weekend uh, in Austria, a difficult two weekends really, yeah. landing on his head and his hand, which uh, didn't do him any favours, and then a massive chunk coming out of his tyre as well. Yes, yeah, so I've gone Yamaha Suzuki KTM. Oh, very, very interesting. I've also gone three different manufacturers on the podium as well, but oh. not the same as yours. Okay. Uh, one thing that is the same as yours is my winner. It's Fabio Crotovararo. <laughs> Because uh, I I just think you know best man on best bike at the minute um, yeah. man on form was unlucky uh, with the rain and the flag to flag conditions I think he would have won that second Austria race uh, if I'm honest uh, if that rain hadn't really come down maybe it was it was it was certainly spiced up to be a good race yeah yeah and you know who knows we can only go with what we're going but I'm going uh, agreeing with you for the win however second place. Uh, I am going for another Frenchman. I'm going Johan Zarco returning to some podium form on the, the Pramac Ducati. That's interesting. I, I, I just didn't feel like Silverstone screams Ducati to me. No, perhaps not. But I like Johan Zarco and it'd be nice to see him. As do I. I, I wanted to put him on. It was between Zarco, Miguel and Binder for me. I always think Zarco goes well on the your traditional racetrack. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a very <laughs> traditional looking person. Strikes yeah. me as a very normal, not not normal, but you get what I mean. Yeah, I don't think I, I, I'm not sure you'd you'd call Johan Zarco normal. No, definitely not normal. <laughs> very uh, eccentric is the word I was looking for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Fantastic to watch on the motorcycle. So, yes, Johan uh, coming in uh, second for me. So, uh, a, a Yamaha, a Ducati, and a third manufacturer coming in in third place. Now, I reckon this one's going to be a shock to you. I'm going Mar- Marquez. On oh, the 
I was hoping for a leash. I was actually tempted to put a leash. I'm going to be honest. Uh, no. <laughs> it really is better, but no. <laughs> oh, Mark. That, I like that. That's the first time you've picked him this season. It is the first time I've picked him this season. I liked what I saw in Austria both times. Aggressive, looking more like himself. We know how good he can be around Silverstone. Um, yes, Mark Marquez is going to get a podium at Silverstone. Um, the reason I didn't it. go for Marquez was I think there's too many quick changes of direction. No, he's fine now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely fine. No, uh, it may be that he struggles, but I just think he's looked so much more like himself. And to be honest, this would be a really good test for him, I think. Yeah, definitely. The so lots of potential swings in a championship. Yeah. Yes, yeah, some very different picks for us this week, um, which wasn't so much the case uh, when we went through before. But uh, Silverstone always throws up some absolutely brilliant results, and I can't wait to have a watch of that one um, over the weekend and see what does happen. And we'll be back next week uh, to go through all the results, uh, the results, all the results <laughs> from Silverstone. Um, and of course, we'll be supported by Beyond Motorsport, the only organisation offering career transition support for the motorsport community. And not only can you check us out on our social media, which is at FTGT podcast for our Twitter and from the Gravel Track podcast on our social media. Obviously, Beyond Motorsport have also got their own social media, so go out and check that. Is it at Beyond Motorsport? It is, yeah, and they are uh, Beyond Motorsport on Facebook as well, so easy to find. So don't forget to go check them out. And like Josh said, we'll be back next week with our review for Silverstone and our predictions for what would be, is it the next Superbike race? Yes, World Superbikes on the 3rd of September from Manicor in France. Hopefully not a wet one, but it's France. <laughs> it's always <laughs> wet at Manicor, isn't it? It is, it is. So we'll be keeping you up to date with news, everything along those lines before our next episode. And that's all we've got time for today. Thank you very much for listening. 